Good evening, and welcome to the June edition of the Profits Plus e-retailer conversation. This is co-host Bill Kendi, and uh, Tom and I have put together a program we think you're going to really enjoy. And uh, to tell you all about it is the infamous, the one and only, the friend of those who have no friends, Mr. Tom Shea. It's Thursday night and 8 p.m. in the Eastern Time Zone. You're tuned in to the Profits Plus e-retailer conversation conference call. Well, hello, everybody. Gee, thanks hello. for coming to be with us tonight. Hello, Mr. Bill. Hello, Mr. Tom. How are you, the infamous one and only Mr. Shay? Well, I would, my wife would say, good thing there is only one one of me. Well, it's, that's what I thought. I thought the world is not ready for two Tom Shays. That's right. There are two younger Tom Shays, but there is only one of the of the elder here at this point. <laughs> no, life is good. We have uh, we've been very busy for the last two three weeks in the office. We uh, we spent this time last week starting up the uh, the new Profits Plus website is up and running, and um, we're running through tests, minor little glitches. We have been working on this thing since just after the Thanksgiving, USA Thanksgiving, uh, building it. <laughs> wow. So it's going well, eh? Um, a thousand you know pages. You I put in here the word A. A, like yeah. back in the Canadian Thanksgiving. Go ahead. No, it's a thousand pages. It's um, nine gig of information that's up there right now. It's um, it is it's just a load of stuff. It's um, and it, it's meant to be cleaned up from what we had before. It's, it's uh, it looks a lot like the old one, but it's it's cleaned up so that people who are going to access it, particularly the calculators, can take and um, work it on their iPhones, whatever smartphone they've got. It'll uh, be easier for them to, to get a hold of stuff. Um, yeah, when you say calculators, you're talking about the things where you do inventory turns and people can figure out margins and markups and that sort of thing, correct? Yeah, all the all the stuff yeah. that you need to know, want to understand about your business, it's the explanations as to how things work. and uh, it, yeah. does, it not only does the math, but it will also tell you how it does the math that you could, could take and, and do it on your own at some point in time. Cool. So... Um, let's see, before I do all the, uh, the legal notice thing, I want to remind everybody that starting on July 1st is Independent Retailer Month, and this is our 11th year that we've been, been promoting this. Uh, the month, uh, the website, I should say, independentretailermonth.com, uh, Independent Retailer Month, and um, Canada. There's also a version of it that's over in the UK. Uh, you find them on Facebook, Twitter, all kinds of things. So lots of posters and things that you can download to use in your business. It is. Um, it's not a shop local campaign. It is a campaign to say to people, uh, do business with your your local business. Because the example I gave when we were discussing this with uh, the rest of the parties that put it together is that. It's important that we promote it as an independent retailer month. It's not a shop local campaign because sometimes you run into people who are really smart retailers and figure out how to sell on the Internet, and you have to get into discussion saying, well, if they're a really good local retailer and they do a great job with the website, does that not kill the essence of shop local? It's like, no, it just means they're smart people. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point, Tom. 
So you can't condemn someone who's a great local independent retailer because they figured out how to use the uh, use the internet. Wow. All right, so let's do the disclaimer. Uh, let's see, Bill. Um, we want to talk about muting. What's that? We want to make sure people understand about muting. Oh yes. Well, we have to do all the all the necessary stuff. Uh, tonight's session is being recorded. It's going to be on the conference the is in lecture mode. Somewhere later tonight. Because of our great info stud, Bruce Giroux over in Orlando will have it up there. You can download it as an MP3 file if you're an iPod or similar device user. You can also click and listen to it on the website. Somewhere late tonight it will be there. Uh, if you go to bed like the rest of us do at decent hours, catch it in the morning. During the time of our call tonight, we are going to be monitoring uh, the email. We will be taking and watching Facebook to uh, see any last-minute questions that come in. I already have a stack of questions here that we are to, uh, to ask our, uh, our guest about it. But uh, for those who, as we are conversing, think of something they'd like to add as quick as I can toggle between Facebook and two different email addresses, I will take and check to see if there is anything that needs to be added because for those who are listening, if you get your question in, I promise you that we will stay on the call long enough till we get every question answered. Good. So how's that? That's all, all the legal stuff taken care of? We're done? Yeah. The only thing is if you got, you know, explain if they have noise in the background. Oh, yes. Okay. So you're sitting at home. you got the cat, the dog, you know, your yeah. pets, whatever else. Uh, a spouse or someone else who it can't be quiet, um, mute. You you can mute yourself. Uh, star six will mute your line so you can listen in and your voice won't be heard. And at the point you want to jump in and ask a question, uh, which we hold them off to the end of the call, uh, star six will, will unmute you. Okay. okay. Well, I, th I think you've got all the housekeeping chores done, Mr. Tan. Now, tell me, who's our guest tonight? Okay, so this is a really neat person. I, I have known this lady for... I want to say it's three years. She'll know a little more clearly, I would think. Um, we met in Seattle. Met in Seattle. Uh, I remember it was at the W, downtown Seattle. We were, uh, there was a conference that I was speaking at. And the topic came around to controlling inventory, and she was curious to what I had to say. And uh, her retail, well, her retail business, all of her businesses, uh, their physical location is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And um, a year ago at Christmas, I, I went home to Arkansas, and my hometown is right on the Oklahoma border. And from the conversations I had, I just, I had a day that uh, I wanted to, uh, I just, I wanted to go see what she did. So I drove to Tulsa, Oklahoma, got to visit both of her locations, and, and that's what kind of clinched it that I needed her to be a guest at some point in time. She has two retail operations. She is in the, uh, I guess we're going to put a category to it, in the knitting business. Okay. Um, two very different looking operations, One of, in the sense that one of them is um, a strip center over on one side of town. Nice little, I mean, it's a, it's a strip center. I won't say plain like any of the others, but it's a, it's a pretty, it's an attractive strip center, but it is six or seven businesses in this in the strip center. Her other one is in this part of Tulsa that um, 
It was built before they went into what we call lifestyle centers, but this is what it is. It's the type where they try to assimilate um, a, a little small downtown area. Um, Columbus, Ohio, I know it's got a real pretty one. It's not your places like where you got a Target and that kind of stuff. It's, it's, and it's much more nicer upscale stores. And, and she's got a store in, in both locations, and she's got this uh, really kicking website where she's got stuff up there. And um, I, I know because I've shopped on her website to, uh, to buy some gifts up there. But the thing that impressed me was that looking at her newsletter, looking at the stores from the outside, looking inside the stores, um, everything that she did flowed. And that's the best word I can think of. It Very neatly, it, it flowed. Um, you, you, once you got an impression of the place, which you got just as soon as you got up to it, the impression stayed through everything, which is I see a failure with a lot of businesses. Everything you experience, everything you see, everything you do, whether you're online or whether you're in her store, there's a commonality thread that goes through it so that when you say, I like this store, there's nothing that comes back to you that disappoints. It's, there's nothing you go, well, this is kind of odd. What's this doing here? This doesn't relate to she. You don't have that type of situation with her businesses. She's consistent all the way through. Well, so we begin to visit, and I find out that um, she owns another business. And in this other business, uh, and they use the phrase branding, that this is what they, their profession is helping your business to create a brand that is consistent with what you're attempting to do and, a, and is consistent all across the various mediums and the experiences that a customer has, it all says the same thing. Well, and as I said in the newsletter the, and the announcements this week, was that you know the neat part is her name of her company is Branders Incorporated. And her name, okay, neat, neat name for a company, and I, I, I've never asked her if she changed her name, uh, but her name is Shelly Brander. So my guest tonight from Tulsa, Oklahoma, is my friend, Shelly Brander. Hello, Shelly. Hi, Tom. Hi, Bill. Welcome, Shelly. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I am just fat, dumb, and happy. Same as normal. <laughs> Uh-oh, we have a little music play. We have a little mu- musical interlude. There we go. Does it sound familiar at all? Yes, it does. Well... <laughs> it's hard to find knitting songs, by the way. Shelly found that song for us. It's called <laughs> Knit by a young lady named Harper Phillips. I mean, it's a neat song. I mean, I enjoy listening to acoustical music. Uh, but very now, quirky, very fun, kind of uh, like our business. See, and that's it. When I asked Shelly about it and, and when I asked her for help in picking out the music, this was the comment that she made. This is music that is consistent with my business. I mean, every time I talk to Shelly, it's, it's all about being consistent with what you're doing. So our discussion tonight, because of the advantage we have with Shelly, is here's someone who does it professionally. I mean, this is what she does for a living. 
Uh, I'm sure there will be people who will hear the call, listen, that will want to call and say, I want to talk to you about my business. I, I understand the concept that you're talking about. But the neat part Shelley has got is compared to being a, an advertising agency that goes out and just does this stuff and sells it for your business, Shelley understands what the audience of this call does because she does it. This is, that's, that's her other hat that she puts on. So we want to take and, and hear from someone who's this good how it flows across. But I think what I'd like to do first in, in speaking to Shelley about it is, is to ask the question to get her first to define branding for us, her, her definition of what it is, what it includes and all. And then secondly, so that everyone stays and listens for the entire hour, is to say, okay, so you've told me the, the definition of it, and I want to do what with this, or, or why would I want to do anything with this? So, Shelley, what's branding, other than Branders is your last name? <laughs> and you, you yeah. mentioned you weren't sure how I came into that name. I actually married into it. Uh, my husband's last name is Brander. His name is Brent Brander. He's also, uh, his background is graphic design. And we met working for an ad agency together years, 18 years ago. And um, his mother's actually from a ranching family, and we joke that it was either branding as in cows or branding as in advertising. But um, we kind of actually lucked out because I started, I started in advertising. I, my degree's in journalism, public relations, and advertising. And um, at the time when we started, no one called it branding. They called it advertising. And, uh, you know, starting out in my career, we wrote ads, and I wrote TV commercials, and... We did some strategizing, but for the most part, the clients would come to us and say, I've bought a space in, an ad, in a magazine or a newspaper, and I need an ad. And um, it was only partway through my career that the word branding really came to be coined. And um, it sort of coincided, I, I think, with the advent of Internet online business. Um, traditional advertising channels that everybody had always used became more were becoming more and more fragmented as the internet became more powerful and um you know where typically people would if you ran a tv spot on a station you could cover a large portion of the market well that share began to shrink as webs as people began to go to the web for their product needs and just general communication um so the word branding came into being and and actually, it's kind of funny, when um, when Brent and I met, we worked for an agency, like I said, he went out on his own first and started a design firm called um, Branders Creative, and I then, a couple years later, went out and started a company called Copy Cafe, which was a, a copy copywriting business, and then eventually we got married, and eventually we weren't, merged them into Branders Creative Cafe, but... <laughs> We continually ran into a problem with the IRS because they always wanted to know where our tip income was. They were just convinced we were a restaurant. <laughs> and, and actually about that time, branding came to be a common term, and so we decided to just simplify things and become Branders Incorporated. And so that's kind of the background of where the word came from. As far as defining branding, um, a brand, it's, it, again, it's the evolution of advertising. It's what it's become, but it's so much bigger than that. In the simplest terms, I think it is the personality of your company. It is the it is the look and feel of your company, um, from your logo and your typeface and the graphic look of the company, to the tone that you take in all of the messaging you put out there, which should authentically reflect how you actually talk to your customers in the store. 
So that's the simplest way. That's my own definition of what what your brand is. Um, we talk a lot about protecting the brand. You you want to be very protective of your brand, just as you would be protective of your own character, your own personality. And branding as a discipline is helping you define and develop and protect your brand as you grow as a company. Let's so see. That explains your business. When I walk into your places. I mean, am, am I being fair in describing your two stores in that the shopping centers that they're in really don't look a lot alike? They're dramatically different. The Utica Square location, like you said, is an open-air shopping center similar to the Kansas City Plaza. Um, you walk around from shop to shop. The architecture is very different. The new location that we added just a few years ago is is an upscale strip center. And we also intentionally made the spaces very different. It's kind of, you, you would say, well, how does that fit with your branding plan? Well, it actually test, is a testament to the strength of good branding that we could inherit very uh, traditional upscale architecture in our first store and then build out a second store with an intention of, it was kind of a crucible for franchising, so it has a much more open, white, light, open, high ceiling space, um, much more modern. But the branding of the graphics and the and the look and feel become the glue that that glue the two locations together and do help them flow. I, I think and I hope um, even from one store to the next. And it, it does. I and mean, looking at your stores, I mean, there is a very strong. I mean, that's a, to me, it's a thread. I, I just see a thread that's woven through everything you've done, uh, down to the car that you drive, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the music that you listen to. There's a commonality thread that people see something, hear something, feel something, and there you are. And the same thing um, also online, because while in the stores you have the advantage of actual people with actual personalities, that um, online it's 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 a little more challenging because you don't have a person talking to you, um, and so that personality has to be very strong. And so if you're if your brand and your graphics and your look and feel and tone are consistent across all your platforms, from your store to your site to your social media, then um, you you can establish that. Like the customer can come in the store and then go on the site and can tell it's the same it's the same company. It's, it has the same flavor. Sherry, I want to ask you. Shelley, I want to ask you a quick quick question here. Tom and I were talking a little bit earlier about. Uh, a continuity or a uniform of presentation, for lack of a better term. And, uh, you know, we were talking about, for example, L.L. Bean. You know, there, there's, there's a certain image that you're feeling, whatever you want to call it, that comes to mind when you talk about L.L. Bean. And I wanted you to just kind of comment on that because it sounds like that's what you're kind of you're getting at. The second thing I wanted to say is some of our callers may not necessarily be retailers, but that commonality thread, whether you have an outbound business with a website, that still is a key component of branding, correct? Yes. I mean, absolutely any kind of public-facing business, whether it's a, a landscaping business or a hair salon or, um, or a business-to-business you know, a corporation, we, that's, you know, that's part of why I went into branding is to be able to work with all types of clients. You know, we work with Cox Communications and Mazio's Pizza, and it's just it runs the gamut from – um, business to business, all the way to retail, um, but every one of them has to have a brand strategy. It's, it's just critical mm-hmm. because it's how you—it's—it's it's your litmus test that you operate your entire business from. 
All right, before I ask you this question, let me tell everybody, particularly the lady drivers, our guest tonight is Shelly Brander. Shelly's a friend of mine. I've known several years, but I like Shelly because Shelly operates four really sharp businesses, two physical brick-and-mortar retail-type operations. She also has an online store that is integrated with the brick-and-mortars, and she runs a company that, as we are discussing and describing, is called Branders, Inc. Now, we will have plenty of questions that we want to put in front of her, but if you want to talk to Shelly on an individual basis, let me invite you to grab the pen to write down this information. The first part is all you have to do is remember her name, Branders, and the website is Branders, Inc., B-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-I-N-C dot com, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and their phone number is 918-528-6428. Oh, Tom, actually 518-6428. Okay. <laughs> I may have given it wrong to you earlier, so I apologize. Okay, 518-6428. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so here, here's two questions I want to ask Shelley. One is that, from what you've said so far, I would think that if I were successful in my business with branding, then it makes it easier to do advertising, whatever type it is that I do, whatever formats I do, because the message is consistent, and could I perhaps see a possibility that I don't have to hammer away as much with repetitive advertising because I've I've got a commonality thread that goes through that? Definitely that's the case. A lot of times we'll work with customers. We're working right now with a, with a, a symphony, uh, the Tulsa U Symphony. They've used a variety of logos over the years, and they're a very small-budget company. As you can imagine, they're a small-budget organization, nonprofit. They have very limited resources um, in the advertising that they're able to do. And you can imagine, just in this very simple example, Every time they go out to do a new ad, they use a different typeface or a different font or a different logo or a different look and feel that they're, they're, they, they're never able to build up any synergy. So uh, it's, it's really critical, and, and I tell clients that the smaller the budget, the, the more critical the branding is, the more simple it needs to be because you need a, you need a highly memorable brand because your budget is more limited. You know, retailers with enormous budgets, you know, they can, you know, if you have a huge media budget and you're able to pound it in over and over, like let's say you're a grocery store that runs a full-page ad every day in the newspaper, maybe it's not so critical what your ad looks like. It's just, you know, you've got milk for a certain price. But the smaller your budget, the more important it is to do it right from the start. And I I know because I'm, I, I, you know, run these stores, and I know how exhausting it is to be an independent retailer. How many things you have on your plate, and how many hats you wear, and a lot of times, what happens is the brand or the advertising it all falls to the, um, to the bottom of the to-do list, and so you get you get into a reactive mode. You maybe have a media rep walk in the store, or you have a friend that has a magazine. And you say, oh, okay, I'll run an ad. You end up running these tiny ads. You let the magazine create the ad for you, so every ad you do looks different. And you get to the end of the year, and you've spent an enormous amount of money on your branding, yet there's no cohesion, and you haven't gotten any traction at all from the process. So I tell, you know, I, we try to help clients take the time that they have 
and make the most of it. And if you can get ahead of it with planning, that's really what it comes down to. If you can get ahead of it with planning once a month, spend an hour thinking about your brand, you'll find that you end up saving so much more time on the back end, scrambling, trying to react to, you know, whatever's going on in the store and in your event schedule. Well, you're describing a problem that really hits, oh, in my heart from, I I can remember in the years of taking care of our store that uh, we had a store in the 1970s and its name was Holiday. And with a, you know, it's like having the name Brander. Golly, it's a cool (laughs) name. You can do stuff with it. And what I would have issues with is when a newspaper would run an ad and then if a shopping guide ran an ad, that I couldn't get the ads to look like they came from the same they, – they look like – one of them looked like the odd stepchild, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to the radio of trying to say, this is the song I want, and one station had one and one had another, and one announcer would follow the script somewhat close, and another one would take variations off on it. And it's just a – the only thing that ever stayed consistent was the word holiday that appeared somewhere during mm-hmm. it. Uh huh. Exactly. We have a we have a client right now that's a restaurant chain. That's a growing restaurant chain, and a um, very common thing for retailers is to be approached by the TV stations because uh, increasingly their share is declining. So they're reaching out more and more to smaller businesses um, to try to get them to do a buy with the station, and um, they all they all very often will offer free production. The problem is, if you think about it, you you, you know do the free production. It sounds great up front but um, you put all the money into the media buying. But if someone, if, if a customer sees your commercial, and let's say this, this particular company is an Asian food company, the food doesn't look all that great because you don't have control over what the, the look of the food is or it's not presented in the way or lit in the way that you want for your brand, it actually could do a lot more damage. If I look at a plate of you know fried rice and it looks bad, it keeps me from ever wanting to go to that restaurant. And then on top of that, if that looks dramatically different from the ad I place in the paper, the confusion that you cause with your customer is actually actually becomes negative and actually does more damage than good if you're not careful. All right. Now, you know that, Shelley, from the times you and I have talked, that I, I can't go too long without getting into numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you've known me long enough. <laughs> All right, but but this this makes an argument. This makes an argument for what you do and why people – should have it this way, whether they do it or they engage you to do it for them. And that is, if I look at a small business and see what they are putting on the bottom line, let's say a business, and and I'm just making up numbers, and this business says, my bottom line is 4%. And then I turn around and look and see, how much of gross sales did you spend uh, for for your advertising over the course of the year, and the answer, let's say, it came up to be two percent. Then the question that Tom is always going to ask somebody is to say, "This does not make sense. Why do you work all year long, seven days a week, if you're open as such, or whatever your hours are, your service for your products, do all of that for four percent, and you spend two percent?" without taking any time to think about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just—it seems to be a disproportionate 
spending of time and sp- definitely spending of money, that if it takes me that long during four, shouldn't I spend some more time on the two? Right. Okay, that's um, my number side for the night. <laughs> you know, I get asked all the time what percentage, especially with startup businesses, um, what percentage should I allocate to my marketing budget? And um, sort of in the good old days and in the, in the days of Mad Men and um, traditional advertising, people love to throw around the, the um, 2 to 10% range. You know, look at your growth and take 2 to 10% of your profits and assign that to marketing. Um, for retailers, I think it's almost more critical to think in terms of time because I really do feel that the, the time you the time becomes more valuable at some point to retailers. Um, and, and so I like to say, I mean, 2 to 10% for your advertising, uh, you know, it's, it sounds like a lot. The reality is probably 50% of what you do, maybe even more, is branding. Um, maybe even, and we talked about, this before that your inventory is actually part of your brand. I mean, your inventory reflects your personality of your brand. Um, but that's not to say you should take 50% of your budget and apply it to brand to a, a branding contract, although that'd be lovely. <laughs> it's really not very practical. Um, but you do need to think in terms of allocating some of your time every month. And um, a simple kind of micro example is social media. Social media is very overwhelming for a lot of traditional retailers. It's it's even overwhelming for those that, that have social media staff because constantly new social media platforms are emerging. Um, but when I explain a really simple concept to people, they're able to grab onto this really well. If you just take, rather than thinking every day, let's say you have a Facebook page and every day you've got this pressure, sort of an anvil hanging over you, like, a, like the old Wiley Coyote commercials, you know, You've got this anvil hanging over you, oh, I haven't posted to Facebook today or I haven't posted to Facebook for a week or a month. Um, what am I going to post today? And so you have that all the time, every day. Oh, my gosh, I've got to post to Facebook. Oh, I haven't posted in so long. Oh, I've got this new product I've got to post. If instead you take one hour a month at the beginning of the month, you sit down with a calendar and you decide your frequency. Let's say I want to post to Facebook three times a week, and there's lots of reasons for frequent posting, but we can get into that um, later. But you go ahead and just make yourself a calendar based on the products you know are coming in this month or events that might be happening. Spend an hour, make yourself a calendar. Then three times a week, you'll open up your calendar. There's, there's your topic for the day. Now let's say something amazing happens. You know, Oprah walks in your store that day and you've got a great picture of yourself with Oprah. Yeah, okay, post about Oprah. But if you just take an hour of planning at the beginning of the month and make that social calendar – you're likely to stick with it on a regular basis and not having to feel that constant pressure uh, every single day of the month. Oh, I haven't gotten to the, I just can't get to the marketing. I just can't get to the social media. I can't get to the branding. Set aside the time on a regular basis and it will happen. And then you'll see the results and then you'll want to do more. Well, as you say, I think about a friend of mine who owns a restaurant in Fort Smith, Arkansas, and Oprah did walk in one day. One of the girls that, one of the ladies that works for Loops, her daughter was the one who Oprah crashed her wedding. You know, Oprah and Gail were doing a, a trip across the country, I guess, at some point, um, just popping in to various places. They crashed, they crashed her wedding, which had its ups and its downs. I think <laughs> they did bring gifts. Well, that's nice. Yeah, I bet they bought nice gifts. Hey, it's, it's the bottom of the hour, and at the bottom of the hour, we need to uh, uh, do two. Th- We'll see two, maybe three things. Number one, we need to uh, tell everyone our guest is Shelly Brander, Brander's Inc. 
Tulsa.com, Tulsa, Oklahoma. 918-518-6428 is her phone number. We asked Shelly to join Bill and I tonight because Shelly's unique experience, other than coming from her, her college schooling and her experience with the aspect of marketing and branding and I guess I have to say the word advertising as well, is that Shelly comes to our side of the world and is a small business owner. If, if you own a small business and you are Internet-based, if you are brick-and-mortar-based, Shelly's one of you too. She's, she's one of us. So our discussion tonight deals with her expertise in branding and the hows and why a business should be doing things to, to brand them. And part of what we've discussed so far is that it makes your dollars go further. It makes your message become clear. Uh, it's, it saves you some, some money. It, it does all kinds of neat things so that the customer, just like when you walk into one of Shelly's locations in Tulsa or when you go online to her, her online store for, for loops, that um, it's a very clear message across the board. Just as I had said in the uh, announcement, when you see the pink bag, you know that it's a Victoria's Secret. And when you see someone, brown shirt, brown shorts, brown uh, socks, you know there's somewhere nearby has got to be a brown truck, and that's a yeah, really. person. It, it's consistent. Um, since we can't all hop on a, a plane and go flying off to, to Tulsa right quick, um, I can tell you if you want to see Shelly, you go to loopsknitting.com. Uh, really neat website, and, and neat point, I mean, it's not a massive website. It's just it's clean. It tells a neat story, and if you look down across the bottom uh, of the pictures, the picture on the bottom on the far left of the smiling face and the blonde, that's Shelly, right, Shelly? That's me. That's you. <laughs> okay, so we're we're gonna take a break because we have to give our guest a moment to take a sip of water because we keep asking her all these questions. And the song that she sent for Bill and I to play is another one. Now, hear this one. Just as the song Knit was appropriate, this song also is appropriate because it ties in. And this is what Shelly's trying to tell us all tonight. You tie in. Everything ties in. Um, and I got to say, it's a, someone new to, new to me. Uh, the group is called um, Neon Trees. Is that right, Shelly? Yes, that's right. Okay, and the song that we've got while Shelly gets a quick drink of water is called Everybody Talks. Yes. So I gotta say I've never heard the group before. Me neither. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I was asking, can't we play Beach Boys or something? <laughs> I was like, who? I was just thinking of that. Who's that? Like, okay. <laughs> hey, Jerry Obarski, who was our guest last month, he likes Beach Boys, and I was speaking to him yesterday, and he was driving through North Carolina, and he was listening to uh, his, new, his new Beach Boy album. So, yes, there are some of us out there appreciate it. But hear the words of the song that Shelley picked and how it ties in message-wise. All right, so Shelly, let me ask this question. Someone says branding, and somehow or another, I think the first idea that comes to mind is, well, you're talking about my logo. Right. Okay, well, all right, so that's where they're thinking. Let's just follow those thoughts. What are they, what are they thinking about, and what does Shelly think? Well, it's funny you mention that because I think a lot of times um, – for retailers, they actually get stuck on this question. You start talking about branding and their image, and they get overwhelmed very quickly because they think, well, I can't change my logo. I've had my logo for a really long time, and I I can't change that. I'd have to change my sign. I'd have to to change my business cards. I'd have to change everything I do. It'd be a huge pain, and I'm just going to keep doing things the way that I've always done them. Um, And and in, in a sense, they're being smart. Because you, one of the basic hallmarks of branding is, you, is consistency. You want to be consistent across all platforms like we've talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. However, I like to think of a logo in terms, instead of a you know, um, before and after, I like to think of it as an evolution. So I think you always have to be asking yourself, is my current brand as relevant as it can possibly be to my current customers? And if you actually go out online and look up, for example, you you think in your mind you know what the Starbucks logo is, but if you actually look at the evolution of the Starbucks logo, there have been, I believe, five since they began. And then you look at older brands like Pepsi, um, there's been maybe 12 Pepsi logos since they started out. Nike evolved from having the name to being just, just the swoosh mark that's become their, their look um, and their icon. Uh, the Gap, dramatically different logo. Apple, dramatically different logo from when they started out. Oh, you should look at the original Apple logo. You wouldn't even recognize it. But all of these brands are constantly um, looking at their existing, you know, at what they've got and looking forward to the future and thinking, is this relevant? Um, a lot of times it comes from uh, the change comes out of how the customers address your brand. So, like Federal Express became FedEx over time, and then McDonald's uses yeah. Mickey D's a lot now to refer to themselves because they know that's how their customers refer to them. This one's kind of, a, and it's not meant to trick you in any way, shape, or form, but Tom and I have talked, uh, you know, I've known Tom for a long time, and we've had conversations about the measurability of advertising. And I'm an ad guy, too. I mean, I've been selling ads for 40 years. Right. Buying for that. So, you know, there's always that sticky question, how do you measure media? Now, right. I'm going to take that and extrapolate it a little bit to how do you measure the effect and the relevancy of a logo? Do well, focus, focus, how, do you, how do you actually say, okay, Mickey D has changed or Pepsi's changed 12 times? Well, they've got a lot of outstanding stake in their brand, even though they changed one of the ways they implement their brand a little tiny bit. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm just really curious. How do no, you no, I think this is a good point, a actually. Do you know what's kind of funny? Yeah. What's actually kind of funny, you know, branding came first for us and then retail, retail about eight years ago. 
And it actually has come into the conversation when we talk to a new potential branding client, and we explain to them, you know, when we were, and I'm gonna, I'm, I'll get to the, exactly to the to the logo part of this equation, but um, we will be talking to a potential new client, and we'll explain when we work for large agencies. We budget was really not top of mind for us. We were in the creative department. We were back in a cubicle, and and you know we were creating. And when I started a retail business, all of a sudden, it, it was a whole new world. Hmm? I said, "Oops, I got to worry about money now." Yeah, exactly. And 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 it's it's actually fabulous in retail because the measurement is do they walk in the door? So right. all of a sudden, if I ran an ad for five hundred dollars in the newspaper, it's actually a little more in the Tulsa world. It's kind of expensive. Um, if I ran an ad, I wanted to see people walking in the door, and so I became much, much more a much better steward of my of our clients' budgets because they had to create results. That said, the the pure branding element of what we do, you're right. You can't immediately tie it to um, you cannot immediately tie it to sales. However, we all know how critical it is to our relationship to the brand, and so it's kind of like. Um, <laughs> it's kind of like housekeeping. It's like laundry. It's like dishes. It's something that you, if you don't do it, eventually it's going to build up. Or, you know, we have a Labrador puppy. And um, <laughs> eventually if you don't clean up after the puppy in the backyard, it's going to start to smell. <laughs> and that's that's kind of where I come from with the logo. And, and really every other, every other thing you do around brand planning, again, it's your personality. Um, we, we've evolved to a personality culture. It's about um, how people can relate to you as a personality and building your tribe and building your following. And no more is it really just a commodity business. You know, we're not – even grocery stores have brands, but, you know, for groceries it's more – so go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, say taking your, your – your, your, which I find really fascinating. Um, uh, t- and, you know, taking that and extending it then, in essence, you know, retailers sometimes don't realize that their their brand is their store. I mean, it's that simple. But – the products that you carry in a store or the way your sales associates are dressed, I kind of think you were going to get into that. didn't mean to steal your thunder there. Or the way the phone is answered, that all also contributes to the creation and maintenance of a brand, right? And again, it also, it, yes, and it underscores the value of doing the brand planning because if you do the brand planning, all of a sudden it takes you half the time to figure out what the employees are going to wear. And when you're sitting there um, with a rep deciding on what products to carry, you can go back to your brand and make that decision. Gosh, this really doesn't fit with our branding. This, um, For us loops, you know, we, we tend to um, – we very carefully curate the yarns we carry. It has to be it has to be very soft. It has to be very there has to be great project ideas for that yarn. There's a lot of there's a lot of parameters. All of a sudden, my buying appointments are half the length of what they used to be. Uh, I get through them much quicker because I know exactly I, our brand is defined and it, and it bleeds over in everything we do. So I can say to that rep who might be pressuring me to buy this particular yarn, you know, gosh. It just really doesn't fit with our brand. It doesn't have. It's not fashion forward enough. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't have the softness we look for. It doesn't have the project appeal that we need in the in the yarn. So, it, in all aspects of your business, it's it saves you time, and money to put the effort into the brand planning up front. It gets rid of a lot of um, wrong bought merchandise. If, it if does. You, when you've got it right. I, you know, I, I think about a business I visited in North Carolina, western part of the state, and their slogan was um, 
things that are good and good for you. And it was a, a little business that started out as like a kind of like a gift shop and some food items, and it grew into a, a food place where it was, hey, would we do catering? And then it's like it got bigger, and it's like, here's a couple of tables. You can come in here and sit down and eat at our place. I mean, it, it was, it, it just, I don't remember the name of it, and don't want to embarrass them on it, but it was neat until I visited the place, and there was a, a, a corner, like many businesses have, a clearance corner. Right. And the lady said, this is all the stuff that we can't get rid of. And as I walked over and looked at the clearance table and remembered the slogan of the business, things that are good and good for you, every item that was there contradicted with the statement. Ah, interesting. I mean, for example, the, the one item that was there a lot of, and it just really hit with me, was that, and I don't know how you make this such, but they had tobacco candles. Candles. Mm. And I remember That's saying funny. The, um, Cigarettes were the first thing that came to mind. Yeah, I, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you make. I mean, I'm sure there's some, something to it as to how you can out of tobacco can get necessaries to be, make a candle. But and I realize I'm in North Carolina, which grows a lot of tobacco. But don't we all have to kind of say, you know, it's not good for you? I'm not going to jump on someone who smoked and say what any comments, but just a, you know, it, it's not something that's good for you. And but what does the slogan of the business say? Things that are good and good for you, and everything that's on your clearance table contradicts that statement. And I, exactly, I, because know. they have built they have built a following of people who relate, and even maybe on a subliminal level level, they feel like this is a place for me. They their values are in line with my values, and so like for us for Loops, when we started Loops, um, it was it, people wonder why I started a yarn store. I used to go into other yarn stores, and I'd be very frustrated because. Um, I wanted to make things that were fashion forward and I wanted to make them out of natural fibers and I couldn't find that anywhere and so I'd spend an hour or two shopping trying to find something I wanted to make to put my time into and I'd leave frustrated because I didn't have a project. So our slogan is find a great project fast. So when I'm sitting with a buyer, if if they don't have good projects that are very fashion forward for that yarn or I can't very quickly come up with the right project for that yarn, I pass up that yarn. It might be have great colors and it might be really pretty, but if it doesn't have the project support or the fashion forward um support, then I'm not then I'm going to move on to another choice. So um so it and and by the same token, our customers over time have come to expect for us to curate for them. They count on us. They know that if we promote a project it's got to be in line with current trends. And um, we have a lot of customers that are, you know, older, empty nesters. They want to feel fashionable, and they want to make things for, you know, maybe they want to make something for their niece, and they want to know, is this on trend? Is is she going to wear this? I'm going to put 100 hours into making this. Is she going to wear it? And so um, it starts to move beyond, again, the commodity of a fiber to a relationship, a personality, and a brand. Mm Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go, Joe, in looking at your store and, and your online store, it isn't all Shelly. I mean, Shelly has cultivated a an impression, an image of, of its loops. I mean, I, I do say too often I see businesses where it's, it evolves strictly around the owner and the owner doesn't know how to ever get themselves free of it. Shelly's got a got a group. It's the troops. It's the loops troops. And, and it's... Yes. It's about them as a group. I mean, you may come into a store and have a favorite person that you like waiting on you, 
but you know that there's a train of thought. All right, but no, let's ask this one, Shelley. Uh, oh, I need to do this one because we're at three-quarter past the hour for uh, making sure everybody knows. Um, as we're discussing branding, we, we searched long and hard, far and wide, to find someone who we thought was best qualified at branding, and we looked it up in the Yellow Pages and found Shelly Brander. Yes. Yellow Pages. You remember, I remember Yellow Pages. You still pages. have Yellow Pages? Yeah. Uh, I have a door that won't stay open all the time, and it's the right thickness to hold the door open so to let the breeze through. Yeah. So, yes, I have a Yellow Page. Um, Shelly Brander, you can look her up online, Branders, Inc., B-R-A-N-D-E-R-S-I-N-C, or if you'd like to go look at her loops, her retail site, loops, L-O-O-P-S, knitting.com. She's from Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as we have heard from Shelley, you know, we're not talking about you got to go out and spend the farm. You're actually going to save the farm, so to speak, when you in your business have a clear, distinct mental picture and everything a person can see, hear, experience relates to that. Just as we talked about saving you a lot of sloppy advertising, television, radio, newspaper, whatever else you do, we're going to save a lot of bad inventory being purchased. Um, and I'll ask her this at off the break, but I bet you we'd even say this probably even saves us from hiring some bad employees because it's like, no, you're just not in the the groove as to what we are. If you want to talk to my friend Shelly, her number is 918-518-6428. That's 918-518-6428. All right, so Shelly, let me ask the question about staff. Am, am I correct that when this thought, this brand, permeates everything about the business, then it would even wind up helping me in selecting staff that I'm going to hire because I've, I'm, I know that I want a, a certain kind of person that this is what they like to do. I mean, I'm sure you don't qualify them on or off of liking Beach Boy music, but... <laughs> I know we have lots of staff who love Beach Boys. Um, we we have a group of 20 loops troops. They range in age from 20s up into the 70s. They probably wouldn't want me to tell you that, but they do. And we even don't have a guy on who's staff. 70 online. Is that, don't look at all the pictures and say which one of them is 70. <laughs> Please don't do that. I'll be in big trouble. No, um, actually, uh, a woman who teaches our 101 classes, our beginner classes, um, which are often populated by 20-somethings, is is into her 70s. But she, she, like every single person we hire, has a um, – they, they reflect our brand. They have um, very strong personalities, all of them, very unique from one to the next. But they're all united in – um, loving knitting, loving knitting or cro- crocheting, so loving the craft, wanting to spread the craft to other people. They're all generally extroverted. They all do care and they're interested in fashion. They want to make things that are fashion forward. And um, they have, they're kind of obsessed with fiber, so just the yarn itself and just um, all of the qualities and the textures of fiber. And, you know, we've kind of evolved. We, we still use the um, Find a Great Project Fast line that was our kind of our flagship line but lately we've been using a phrase that's fiber fashion fun all of them across the board are fun all of them are people i would want to go hang out with on a saturday saturday night and um they're all able to connect with customers in different ways but across the board when you walk into our stores 
it is going to be a fun experience. I I often actually just was training a new employee today, and I said, I said, walking into a yarn store should be the best part of your day. It should be the most fun part of your day. There should be nothing negative about it. You know, you're you're. It's like an oasis. It's kind of like going to Starbucks and taking a break and having a having a latte, um, but you're doing it with fiber. So, uh, so yes, it does make it much easier. I, I've had a couple recently. I've, in fact, I, like I said, I just hired a new employee. I had a couple of others that that had good retail background, um, had great qualifications. One had excellent, actually, social media background. But when it came down to it, they just didn't have that sense of lighthearted fun um, that we look for, and it really does help qualify. Um, it does help qualify that process and make it go a lot smoother. So, but yet when I walk into your stores, they don't dress alike. No. Nope. <laughs> Why? We um, mainly because we want loops to feel more like a community, less like a commodity, more like a community. We want people to feel like they're on an even playing field with us. Oftentimes when they come in the store, they feel a little intimidated, especially if they're a newer knitter or crocheter. And we don't want them to feel like in any way we are superior to them just because we know how to fix their problem. So we want them to feel like they're coming into somebody's home, they're going over to a friend's house for some help with something. And um, and also because we want people to be able to express themselves fashionably, we strongly encourage them to wear things they've made. And... You know, if you spend a lot of time, like I, I think of Gina, who uh, one of the managers of our stores who always just looks fabulous and spends a lot of time putting her outfit together in the morning to um, offset whatever latest creation she's made. She puts all her accessories together. She has perfect you know, bracelet, ne- necklace, earrings. Everything goes together. If they walk in and then I ask them to stick a safety pin with a name tag through the beautiful scarf they've spent you know, dozens of hours making, or I ask them to strap on a, a a Home Depot orange apron over their outfit. It kind of ruins the effect. So those are the two primary reasons that we encourage them to dress creatively, to incorporate their craft into their outfit, but um, but not look like you know. I, we just don't want a robotic, homogenized-looking staff. So. So I can ask one more question, and then that's that's my turn for the night. Um, and it's it's a sense that I get from you, Shelley, about branding, and and that is, I see a lot of people doing traditional advertising, and I see it more of a knee jerk from the standpoint of I'm advertising this, and I'm looking for a response right now. And I need a response right now. When I hear you talking about branding, I feel what you're telling me, it's like developing for my business a pipeline. And there are lots of customers in the pipeline, all at different stages, some who are just really addicts that I'm sure you've got customers that if they're not in there, Every day, you you probably got to call their home or, or check mm-hmm. the hospital, see where are they because they're supposed to be there every day, <laughs> like just like a person who goes to Starbucks. And then you've got some people who are casual, and you've got somebody who is becoming new to it. But what I don't sense from your business, in any of your branding, any of your marketing efforts, is a sense of a I got to get you right now, got to come right this very moment. I I sense it's like there's a a smooth process, and I think 
it's easier, that's got to cost less money, um, you know, just all kinds of plus things about it. And yeah, am I going I mean, in the right direction? Yeah, you're you're building a relationship. The conference is no longer in lecture mode. You're not selling them a skein of yarn in this moment. You're creating a long-term relationship of trust where they they know you, they recognize you, they know what to expect. Just like going into a restaurant and expecting that the salmon you ordered is going to taste similar to the salmon you got there the last time. Um, they they have an expectation and a comfort level and a trust. And um, you know it's it's and that's why the brand is important. It's not um, you're not selling widgets, you're selling uh, lifestyle. And I know that doesn't apply for everybody, but more and more, that's what people are seeking out. Because um, you can get stuff everywhere. You can get yarn on Amazon. Um, the, it's it's about the connection and the relationship and how your brand conveys that. And so people know that they're going to get what they expect when they um, come in to connect with you in the store. And that's what I see when I come to your place. Bill, how about you? You want, you. you want the last question of Miss Shelley for the night? No, I, I think, you know, the branding concept, from what I can gather, and you did a great job. You're, you're, you're a fountain of, of information and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the whole thing is people have to look at their, whether it's a store or a business, they need to look at it as a total entity. Um, you know, and you can't just, like I was saying, I mean, you can't have, you know, half off price every week if you want to be a quality store. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, and, and I think you put on some really good points, especially the ordering ordering of merchandise side of things, because you know people buy things that they think will sell regardless of what it does to their image. But no, I think you did a great job. Well, I mean, you're wanting them to be loyal to you because they can go get it anywhere else. You're wanting them to think of you first, and to do that, you can't be generic. You have to have you have to right. have a personality. And, and, and once you establish a brand, Shelley, price no longer is an objection. And that's true, and you know that's our space because we can't compete on price. We there's there's discounters out there. They can go to Walmart and get it for nothing. Um, we 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 compete on um, a relationship they can't get elsewhere, and right. and that's that's our space. Now, but coming to your store and trying to compare what you've got, not just the product, but the experience, and saying let's compare it to Michaels. I mean, that's like saying I'm going to get something at McDonald's and and say it's a steak, and then I'm going to compare it to well, my favorite restaurant, St. Elmo's in Indianapolis. I mean, it's just it's just worlds apart. It's like there there's no comparison. It's and it, it's not like I expect to spend more money. I just I walk in your store, I expect a much better experience. Well, I walk into theirs, it's like I don't expect anyone to talk to me. It's see if you can find it yourself. Well, it is more of a do-it-yourself attitude, and even though what we do by by nature is is a do-it-yourself craft, um, they want that support, they want that community, they want other people to do it with. We all, ironically, the more time we spend at our computers and in our social media portals, the more we're lacking that connection. So they're seek, everybody's seeking those connections. They're seeking a tribe of like-minded people that are like them, that share similar passions that they can relate to. And if you can nurture that, you have something so much more valuable, and, and you, people can't go buy it somewhere else. They can't get that on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Shelley, 
thank you for coming. I really appreciate you coming over tonight and doing this for me. It's uh, how, has it been three years? We've known each other three years. I can't believe that, but I, I'd be happy to do it any time to pay you back for all the help you've given me over the years. Well, I enjoy business with you. I mean, you, you have neat stores. I love coming over. And uh, yeah, next trip back home to Arkansas. I've, uh, uh, besides, you know, I, I have a wife who who does does your stuff. And, and has, yeah, how's her knitting coming along? <laughs> she's um, one of her first pieces she got into. She knitted a, a scarf. And it's like, okay, it's a neat scarf. And one of the twins, who my twins are getting ready to turn 19 years old, wore it to, to high school. And all of a sudden, it's like, boys and girls, but I want one of those. I want, can, uh-huh, can you uh-huh. that? Like, yeah, I want one of those like that. And so, and he's got three or four, and uh, I don't know who all the friends are that have got them. And it's just a, well, that looks neat. I want one of those. And she, Yes, and, and, and so it does. spreads. And she knits everywhere she goes, and I go, are you sure that it's safe for you to be knitting while you're driving in the car? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> at stoplights, right? Get in a half a row at a stoplight. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, she's riding along. I, I said, you know, if we have a car wreck, are you sure you're not going to impale yourself with this thing? <laughs> knitting as a passenger is okay, but I can't advocate knitting as the driver. That's no, really she, not a good combination. Only as the passenger. I, I'm concerned, <laughs> but she she seems to be comfortable with doing it, and I just like, okay. Whatever, you know. And they are legal on airplanes. I get on airplanes with an arsenal of metal needles, you should see. And uh, it is allowed. Are they really legal on airplanes? I never thought about that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, befriend a knitter on the plane. It might come in handy. You never know. Well, yeah. I want to sit next to you next time. (laughs) Yeah, I need her for self-defense. So my last comment, uh, I'll insight, reminding everybody, it's Shelly Brander, brandersinc.com, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 918-518-6428, 918-518-6428, and her retail operation is loopsknitting.com. And you, and you want to go see her newsletter because her newsletter is really cool, and, and you've already seen a picture of her car and all the other stuff. It it's it all ties in well. But we, we say thanks to Shelly Brander. And for those who have additional questions past the ones that I, I think I got through everybody's tonight, you can give Shelly a call, or you can send them to me, and I will forward them on to Shelly, make sure that she gets them, and we will ask her to respond back to you. Um, let's see. Next month. Next month. July 18th will be a Thursday night. Our guest to join Bill Kendi and I is a gentleman from Arizona, I think, Arizona, New Mexico. I've known him for a long time. Uh, you can tell he's an early adopter of the internet when you are the person who owns the the domain retailing.com. Gosh, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, you, he jumped on the bandwagon really, really early. His name is Bob Nelson, and Bob runs a company called Power Retailing. And Bob's niche in the world, um, and I know I've fielded phone calls from people who've looked for someone and sent him in in his direction is you have seen people who've come to that point in time, they go, I, I want to get out of the business, I want to get rid of the thing, I don't have family, anyone wanting to take it over. How do I get rid of this thing? Well, that's, I mean, that's how specialized the people are who join us on our calls each month. Uh, that's, that's Bob's thing. That's Bob's only thing is you say you want to get rid of it, and Bob knows how to get it and, of course, get you the most money possible out of uh, getting rid of all of it. So... Um, that's that is next month's guest. 
Um, that being said, Mr. Bill, it's uh, time to give it to you and time for our favorite uh, our favorite noise. Ah, the noise of the cash register. Well, everyone, thanks again for uh, for joining Tom and I and Kelly uh, on this uh, uh, June e-commerce newsletter conversation. And uh, mark your calendars for Thursday, July 18th, and see you at 8 o'clock. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Hello. Hello. Hey, I wasn't sure if I needed to hang around or not. <laughs>